Everybody, this is Luke. I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown. Another week of Breakdown. And what nobody can see right now is we got our Cam Claire shirts yes, on. Yes, we do. I'm really excited. But uh, yeah, we can't bring the video to you today. So I cannot wait for next year. For oh, Cam. man. I know. It was yeah. such an awesome time. I'm looking forward to it. Really, really cool. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. All right. So we have Pastor Zach's message from this week. Yeah. And I want to say, too, because you and I were just talking mm -hmm. off mic, that it really harkens back to his message the week before yes. and kind of builds from there. Right. And I want to say this because only God can do this. And, and I believe in an apostolic church, in a church where the Holy Spirit's moving, you see this happen. So two weeks ago, the week before last, I'm in church. I'm at service. And I told you I went up for the altar call and I felt like the Lord was leading me into this place and he gave me this vision of you're going into surgery. And I saw, I saw that I saw this circumcision of the heart. I wow. saw like the Lord coming yes. in with his finger and whoosh, just kind of like, I'm like, I've always prayed through and meditated on what is this circumcision of the heart, you know? And I, to, to be weird, I know this you're a nurse. so cool. Okay. Oh man, yeah, keep going. I know, you, I know you see a lot of this, but I saw my heart, like in the spirit I was seeing, yes. I saw my heart and I saw this fatty lobe hanging from my heart. And I saw Oof. the Lord just go whoosh. And just like this, just, just like that with his finger. I know you can't see me right now, but just like that. And I thought, wow. And the person who was praying over me, nice. I'm pretty sure they even motioned that on my chest. Wow. And they didn't even know. Yep. So it's just really cool that we come into this message. Mm -hmm. And this is what Pastor Zach's talking about. Right. Because in that imagery, yeah. if we can just hang on to that, that our heart is being uh, ridden of fat mm. so that there can be better flow. Hey. Just that imagery alone, <laughs> um, I think that translates really well to us today rather than what circumcision would have, uh, like the physical act of circumcision right. back then would carry for, for people. You know, so if if that if you're having a hard time understanding, like getting around that imagery, just think of your heart, your physical heart um, and your emotional heart. And it's like we're we're getting rid of anything um, excess that would impede our our heart for the Lord, our ability to receive from the Lord, and mm -hmm. then to live out the purpose that he has for us today. That's so good. And I really think it's important. And Pastor Zach paused in his message to say, thank God it's not about the physical circumcision mm -hmm. today. And we have that new covenant. And you know, if you don't know, if you read the book of Acts, you see that they actually had what was called the Jerusalem Council. And one of the issues they were trying to settle was, do we require circumcision right. for all new converts? And what they came up with was, no, we're not going to impose a law on people when God has made them free. So Jesus right. didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. So if it is fulfilled, then we are not going to try to fulfill it because God himself said in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, I'm going to write my law on their hearts and in their minds. Amen. So enter circumcision of the heart. We come back to that place where anything that's clouding our heart or building fat and residue, that's not permitting our heart to be fully walking in relationship and purity with God, God wants to cut away. Yes. It's not a bad yes. thing. Right. He wants to cut away. And through that process of sanctification over time, he will do so. Amen. Amen. And yeah, and that's that's what you see with a lot of Jesus's interactions with the religious leaders of his day. Yeah. It was um they placed such an emphasis on the physical living out of the law. But their hearts were so far from God. Mm. They were more about people um tithing like a 10% even of like their grains yeah. rather than um you know caring for their parents or or 
having the right hot, heart yeah. posture towards towards the father. Yeah. And that was their big problem. It was that their heart posture was not right. Yeah. So now in the New Testament, so good. you know, you have these uh, first generation Christians. They had grown up under Judaism mm-hmm. and they they get convicted and they come to Christ. And so Jesus is trying now, the, you know, the Holy Spirit living in them. They have to work out this process. Yes. Of, okay. What of me is flesh and what of me is supposed to be? This is now the new spirit living inside of me. So good. So good. Which, you know, I was talking to my wife about this last night and this morning um, coming off of prayer. And, you know, we, we would love that every time we speak in church or speak to somebody, we're speaking the oracles right. of God. We would love that. Absolutely. But there is an element of our flesh <laughs> yes. that is woven into a lot of what we're sharing. And so to have the discerning Holy Spirit to say, hey, you know, let's chew that meat and let's spit out that bones is actually a really good um, factor to make sure that we're clinging on to, which is where we get to that circumcision of the heart. Say, okay, God, like, I know you're purifying what I'm doing. I know that I may have been doing things in practice over the years, following this religious system or this religious right. law. But what really is the heart of it? What's the heart behind these things? That's where even several weeks ago when we talked about giving, it's really not an issue of tithing and giving. It's really the heart posture. Let each give as he purposes where? In his heart or in your heart. You give according to what you purpose in your heart. So I just think this is really an amazing piece. Like you said, Luke, if we can hang on to that imagery that the Lord was giving us of the heart with this fatty lobe that he's just cleaning right out, then we can understand that there may be parts of what we've grown up with in Christian culture. There may be parts of what we have understood in religion that God wants to purify. So ultimately he can have this pure experience and motive um, from our heart to his. Right, right. And, you know, Paul uh, writes about this yeah. in Colossians in Colossians 2, um, in verse 9, he says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Yeah. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised mm-hmm. with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That's so good. So we see the full picture right there, which is the ultimate goal. So in the new covenant, basically baptism replaces circumcision. Yes. Okay. Which, and I, go ahead. And I, th- I think what's really cool about that is um, even though... Um, we're not saved by these physical acts. Mm-hmm. It's important that we recognize that these physical acts reflect what's going on in our heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why Jesus says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now we go ahead and make a law about baptism. And the proof against that is that, okay, the thief on the cross, right. Jesus said today, you'll be with me in paradise. So it's not this physical act that saves. Again, it's an outward display yes. of what is supposed to be taking place in the heart. God wants to purify all those things. So we get to really the crux of Sunday's message. Mm-hmm. Pastor Zach, has us in Joshua chapter five, you know, we're between the Jordan and the Jericho and that place that there's so much about this in my life that I've meditated on. I've seen different wilderness seasons in my life where 
the Lord, even right now where we're living, I feel like we were in the wilderness for a while and the Lord was providing that daily manna. And what happens? You can become really accustomed to living off of that. But when you move in, I love the passage. I'm getting ahead of us, but I love the passage that says, and on that day, the manna ceased because they were required to begin to sow into, till, and develop the land. You have to possess the land that you have already been given. Right, right. Um, And that's where we have to really understand um, where we are in our walk with the Lord. Correct. Um, Am I in a a wilderness season? Mm -hmm. Or um, having been brought from a wilderness season, how am I supposed to um, apply the giftings and the strengthening that the Lord um, gave me during that time Correct. to do the work that he's calling me to do? That's it. That's it. You know, I think personally, just about where my family is right now. And so for those of you who don't know, we moved into the camp that the church owns. And I have been literally living there feeling like we have been called to work this ground. Mm. We've been called to work this land. And we had youth camp. You and I are wearing yes, our we shirts. Did. We have the young adults coming in a couple of months. And we're just expecting God to do more. You know, that doesn't happen just without work. It's got to be worked. But we would not be able to work this land if we had not learned to trust the Lord in right. the wilderness. We would not even have been able to enter the right. promised land right. if we had not learned to trust the Lord right. in the wilderness. Right, because I think uh, in the wilderness, uh, you know, we're in this dry place. Yes. So, and there, you know, nothing is fertile. The ground <laughs> is not fertile. So anything that we receive, it's like, yes, yes. that was clearly the Lord. <laughs> Look at this, his power and his provision yes. every day. Manna from Ma- the sky. <laughs> manna on the ground. He sent quail, you yeah. know, all this stuff, the water from the rock, all of these miraculous provisions mm-hmm. to sustain us. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, but then we come into the promised land and, you know, it's fl- it's flowing with milk and honey. Um, and that's the promise, and that's what we see. But these things all come from the earth. They all have to be tilled. It requires work. And there's something in us that when, especially having come from a wilderness season where we're just receiving passively. Yes, that's it. When we start to do work, we sometimes feel like, oh, is God no longer with me? Because mm. because that feeling of effort, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it causes us to confront our weaknesses, yeah. but we have to push forward in faith. Knowing that God's brought you here, yeah. you're going to work, mm-hmm. but there will be fruit in time. Yeah. You know, and Paul writes about that in Galatians 6, where he's like, you know, don't grow, don't grow weary in doing good. In, in due season, you will reap. Just don't lose heart. That's it. That's and it. so that's the promised land mindset is recognizing, okay, I'm here. I'm going to work for the Lord. He's given me a calling. He's given me a purpose. He's given me if at its most basic level, it's the great commission of reaching yes. others for him. Yeah. It's not always going to go uh, 100% easy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be setbacks, but it's like, but that's what we're here for. That's it. And and I think it goes right back to those original spies, Caleb and Joshua going in, and it comes down to perspective. If you can go into the promised land and you can see, okay, there may be giants, but we can take it. We can do it. That's the perspective you want to have all the right. way through. We have to remember too, 
that we're reading this big picture story about a wilderness for 40 years when God's intention was not for it to be 40 right. years. He had to wait for that generation mm -hmm. to die out. What he wanted was for a few weeks for them to get a hold of the fact that they're not going to live right. by the way they lived in Egypt. They're mm -hmm. going to learn to live by the word of God. And if he says it, he's going to do it. God Amen. is who he says he is. He's going to do what he said he'd do. So when you get into the land where there are giants and you have to go and possess the land, there's, there's a difference from ownership and having the land to actually possessing it. I want to go to this camp that we're presently living at. We could just live there. We could, could. just abide. Right. 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 But if there's a possession, if there's something that God has called us to take for his greater glory, then we have to know it's way too big for us. Amen. But God, who taught us in the wilderness, if God can make food fall from the sky, make food show up when the wind blows, bring water from a rock, certainly he can help us possess this land because he called us here. Right. Right. And that's and that's the beauty is we get to be part of his work. Yes. We get to be part of what he's doing. Um, and that that means that we're in a place of health. Mm. Uh, so we have to push past, you know, some of the setbacks, um, some of the, uh, you know, the blockages that come up from our own sinful nature. Yeah. And then also like from working with other people. That's another piece that I think plays into it, too, is we're working with each other. We're not meant to just do the, these things on our own. Um, so sometimes, you know, when other people are discouraged, it's easy for us to to get that, to feed off of that discouragement. Yes. But this is where we have to constantly be doing this circumcision of the heart, where mm -hmm. it's like, Lord, continually like cut off anything in me that's gonna, um, you know, numb me to intimacy with you. Yep. And then also working through that with each other where yeah. it's lord help us to um grow into intimacy with each other yeah and and calling people out and just walking in community it's it's part of doing the work it really is and and part of that work is coming out of the wilderness and, and one thing we may do before we close out this show is let's consider let's let's help understand how we know if we're in a wilderness or how we know we're that's in a time perfect. to possess the land but before that pastor Zach brings us to this passage where God is speaking and and he's telling Joshua to circumcise a second time which sounds so weird like how could you do that mm -hmm. but really you have to understand the basic concept is that after the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness they had forgotten the ways of God and they probably because of apathy did not pass down these things that they were supposed to continue so you have a generation that's that separated from the Lord and what his expectation is. Yeah. And so to come back into that place of covenant and reestablish that and say, God, we're going to go with you this time. That was Moses's original desire. God, if you don't come with us, then we're not going. Right. Your presence has to be with us. Right. So just coming back to that place of, you know, I really took it again. I, I've been thinking since the beginning of the year, maybe it's the development of Kings of Ca Kings Academy. I don't know. But since the beginning of the year, I've been it's been so heavy on my heart, having four children myself, mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm not just apathetically approaching their rearing. Right. I'm actually intentionally communicating because in the body of Christ, as followers of Christ, as Christians right now, everything we're communicating to our kids is countercultural. Mm -hmm. It's just like it oh, goes 100%. 100%. So it's like you have to actively engage raising your children. You have to actually take possession over your household and say, this is the way it's going to be. And I know it doesn't line up with what the world is saying. Right. But bringing us back into that place, like God is saying, you have to bring that circumcision back. 
you have to bring them to where the covenant first began. Right, right. And I, I think, you know, going back to how it's going to feel like work, mm. again, it's tapping back into the presence of the Lord. Yeah. You know, Joshua sees like the captain of the army of the Lord and he asks him, are you for us? Are you for our oh, enemies? Man. And no. he's like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm for neither because yeah. the Lord is for himself, hey. right? So our question for ourselves is, am I for the Lord? Am I with the Lord? Mm. So when I'm working and it feels hard, understand I'm doing this with the Lord. Yeah. And so, and the battle has been won. The eternal battle has been won in him. So I, I'm not striving to maintain sanity. I'm not striving to, you know, earn my place with him. Yeah. It's I'm I'm working to do his work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's going to be some, some times where it doesn't feel like, oh, like in the wilderness when the manna comes down. But it's that's just part of the process and learning to commune with him. Yeah. And the more, I'll say even for myself personally, the more that I've communed with him and looked for him in situations in the midst of the work, that's where the rest is. Because you start understanding he's there and he he's done the work and he's sustaining the situation. So just look for Jesus in this, in the, wherever you are. Yeah. It's so good. You know, I really believe that God has a purpose. And I believe, Luke, I don't know how you feel, but I believe that we'll find ourselves in various wilderness seasons yes. throughout oh, our course. lives. And every wilderness serves a purpose. And I remember when I came to HPC, probably almost three years ago, it gets harder and harder to tell because it feels like I've been here forever. I love it. What the elders were saying to Jennifer and I at that time is, you're in a wilderness, but it doesn't have to be long. No. Your cooperation determines how long it will be. Boy, doesn't Amen. that look exactly like what we saw the Amen. children of Israel? Amen. They would not cooperate. Right. They were stiff-necked and rebellious mm -hmm. is what the scripture says. So learning to cooperate with God in that wilderness is to be able to take that low place and say, God, I really don't know what you're doing, but I will say this, Lord, in the midst of all of this humbling and all this breaking, you're still providing. We still oh, wake up does. every morning. Yes. We still find provision. Yeah. And what I believe part of that wilderness experience does is it teaches us to be fully dependent upon the Lord. Right. You know, Jesus echoes what God originally says, that for man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds right. from the mouth of God. Oftentimes, a wilderness experience is to get us into that posture where we know even if we don't have that bread in front of us, if we don't see that promise in front of us, we have the word of the Lord to hold on to. Right. You bring that a little further into crossing over the Jordan to take possession of the Jericho, of the, of the next place that God has called you to possess, you have to take those lessons into that place of work. Mm. It, it, you know, we can rely on a wilderness season and be like, but God met me here and he did this. Yeah, but you're not supposed to stay no. in the wilderness. You're supposed to possess the land. And it's tiring and it's hard. But like you said, some of the most intimate times right. with the Lord is working with the Lord and seeing him work with your hand. Right. To and, get it done. And just like going to the gym, you build muscle by putting out effort. Yes. And so as we put out effort for the Lord, we build spiritual muscles because mm -hmm. we see how he's sustaining us and strengthening us even as we work. So good. And then we get to do bigger and better things. Like Jesus says, like, if you're faithful in the small things. Yep. I will give you, I will make you charge over many things. Yeah. So like bigger things. So you, ha it starts small and that's okay. That's, that's where it is. But it's like, Lord, what can I, how can I cooperate with the work you're already doing today? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting too, just thinking about Jericho, you know, we read stories and we really take for granted that God made the walls of a city come crumbling down. I mean, 
there's a lot that's in that. I think it's really good too. Like like Pastor Zach was saying, you know, the children of Israel were not able just to march right in, even though Rahab testifies that they're already scared. Mm. And, you know, pride would set in. Right. God has a way of getting us to rely back on him, which is not a bad thing. Right. We often look at God's humility, say, okay, you're going to walk around this Jericho, and then you're going to blow the horns. You're not going to go in and race. I'm going to drop the wall right. so that you remember it's me. Right, because what does the enemy want? Yeah, he wants us to become proud and arrogant and make us think it's about us. Yeah. Do you know God is so pure? This is what I love about him. He's so pure. God's not afraid of you becoming proud. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you to trip up by that pride. Amen. <laughs> Come Amen. on, man. He's not afraid of you becoming yes. proud. He just knows he loves you too much to let you go mm. down that path. So he'll use humility to get you there. And you ultimately come back to this place where you're sitting in the pocket. You're like, okay, God, mm -hmm. you know, I listen to you and I obey. Right. And you get the work done. Right. And we're victorious right. every time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So just uh, closing up, what, what are some yeah. questions that you would have for us as we think about this message? How can we allow it to sink deeper into our hearts? Yeah, I've been meditating on that. I've been thinking, like, what does it look like? How do I evaluate if I'm in a wilderness season, I really think you, whether intentionally or not, you nailed it earlier when you said it's very dry and it's very arid. So any word, anything is so fresh, mm -hmm. you know, it's God. So if you find yourself in a very dry season and you get an, you know, an, an instant answer, uh, you may be in that wilderness. You may be in that dry, arid place where you're discovering, you're living, you're hanging on every word of God. I think the biggest thing to ask yourself as if you would if you would categorize your life as a wilderness season right now the most important thing we can learn from the children of Israel is are you responding with humility and obedience mm. or are you becoming rebellious and stiff-necked yeah because when you read the scripture you go all the way through and really from exodus to, to Revelation, you see God constantly talking about the stubborn, stiff-necked, rebellious children of Israel. So it's a good posture to say, okay, God, am I cooperating with you? And you can bring that question right over to the promised land. God, if you've called me to possess the land, am I cooperating with you or am I settling into pride? Look at everything I touch prospers. They're already afraid of right. me. They can already see. I mean, what they see is God yes. in you. Amen. Amen. And then in the promised land, what's an encouragement for us when we're here? <laughs> yeah. Again, I want to say like in the promised land, it goes back to what was the purpose of the wilderness to learn to hang on every word of God. So I would say in the promised land to listen and obey and to not be moved by the giants in front of you. Mm. It's the it's the position of right. the mind. It's the difference of why Joshua and Caleb got to inherit. Yep. So what you had 40 years ago, you hold on to now. Right. God said, I believe God said we could do it then. I believe we're going to do it now. And you're going to get a bunch of naysayers. Yeah. You're going to get a bunch of people telling you, no, you can't do that. Right. It's going to take millions of all, dollars. All I'm thinking of with, as you're saying this is, uh, you know, when Peter walks on the water, when he looked at Jesus, he was he was fine. Yep. Um, but when he looked at the waves, yep. he's like, oh boy. And yeah. that's when he starts to sink. That's so it. I think the answer is, yeah, we don't look at the giants. Yep. We look at Jesus. That's it. And do what Jesus is telling us to do. And if he's telling us to go march around that city and take it, we go march around the city and take it. Absolutely. You know, you, there's, there's something I haven't been able to get my mind and my heart around that I really want to communicate. I'm hoping it's going to come out here. But when you're walking intimately with the Lord and you learn the lessons, and we don't get them all, don't misunderstand me, but we learn the lessons of the wilderness season, we then bring them into 
how we're possessing the land. And I, all I can liken it to right now is my present journey. And we believe that God worked our whole life around bringing yeah. us to this promised land and we're supposed to possess the land. And what the Lord's calling us and asking us to do now, I would have balked at in fear right. if I had not gone through that right. wilderness. Because there is a land for you to possess Amen. this side of heaven yes. that God wants reclaimed for his glory. And you got to go through the wilderness to get there. And then you got to believe him when you get there that you can do it. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So we want to pray. Yes, you're looking we do. at me. It's time to pray. It is time you to pray. You want to pray. You want me to pray. It's always time to pray. It is always time to pray. You, how about you pray? All right, Father, we just thank you for this time today, for our connection. We pray for the hearers. We pray that we have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts that understand and are ready to respond. I pray for every heart that we would just be open and willing and obedient and respond with humility and love, God, knowing one thing, that you have our best interest in mind. You are not looking to keep us down. That's the lie of the enemy. You are not looking to crush us. You are looking to mold us and make us into who you want us to be so we can walk, number one, in intimacy, intimacy with you, and number two, we can possess the land that you've called us to, and it's all for your glory. So we thank you for these things. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm Luke. I'm Kurt. And thanks for joining us on The Breakdown. Have See a you. great day. See you next week.